It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad This is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The Podcast Yep, yep, we back again another week In your ear We here What's good with you? Ah uh, man, just working it out, man. I feel a lot better than I did the last time. Mm. <laughs> you was frazzled last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We good, we good. You know, everything's all under control, you know what I mean? Right. Good money, good money. You got here. That sounds good, that sounds good. What's going on? What you working on? Ah uh, man, working on working on life, you know what I mean? Um you know, you, you move to a new place and you, you had to get settled. And then, you know, um, once you get everything settled and you you realize a new normal. And and then from there, you take steps to get right back to where you was, you know what I mean, where you was at, where you left it. Trying to accomplish these goals and, and um, get to the get to the next level on things. Try to maximize opportunities. Um, try to create the best content you can create while you while you're able to do it so um yeah man it's it's it's, it's going down it's going down mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, took a trip to the west last um thursday so a quick little john out to the west i got to interview french i got to interview uh 21 savage you know so, oh, so that okay. was that was some cool shit you know okay man? okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. I, t- I like 21. I like 21 a lot. We talked about that on here. I mm-hmm. What made me like, well, besides as a artist, because I do fuck with him uh, musically. I think he's 21 and 0. But, um, and what I said on here before is I really liked how he expressed himself on Clubhouse, you mm-hmm. know? But as of late, it shit kind of bit him in the ass a little bit. Uh, he was in, they, it's funny that Clubhouse is still cracking, you know, like, the people still leaking audio from Clubhouse. Shit, I haven't been to Clubhouse in so long. But he was in the middle of some type of uh, Clubhouse chit-chat, and he said something, I guess they was talking about Nas, and he said, uh, Nas is not relevant. He just has a diehard fan base, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, niggas been kind of coming for him. Well, and, no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I, I could almost kind of see what he means in the way I think maybe his idea of relevance may be, you know, different, or it might even make me, as I'm talking to you, look up the definition of relevant because mm-hmm. I guess. What I would think maybe he was saying is, you know, because uh, relevant means closely connected or appropriate to what is being done or considered. Right. Appropriate to the current time, period, or circumstances of contemporary interest. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of see, you know, I ain't been in the club, in a club club environment in a while, right? Mm-hmm. But I could wager that it ain't a whole lot of cats saying, yo, turn that nines on. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, no shots at Nas, KD3, I enjoyed it and all of that. But I think maybe what he's saying is as far as the new crop or the active crop of rappers that are dominating the culture, he may not be amongst that. However, at the same time, he's been on a run of four project run, which for somebody that's been a fan of him for close to 30 years, you could be like, well, shit. As far as I see it, he's as relevant as ever, but that's also from somebody that's been listening to him since 94. You know what I mean? And I'm a different type of motherfucker, so I could understand, and I guess I would be maybe even considered in the diehard fan realm. Fan realm. So I could see that, but I think they're kind of killing him. What were you about to say? Well, <clears throat> I was about to say they're killing him, but, you know, if you listen to the whole, his whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Yes, he's talking about a young nigga. You know who relevant out there in them streets, you know what I'm saying? A young nigga, you go in the club, you're going to hear they joint banging in the club when you go in there, you know what I'm saying? You walk into the joint, they put that record on, everybody going, ah, losing their mind. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about a rapper that's in the middle of his prime, you know what I'm saying? That's in the middle of all the young nigga shit that just came off an album with Drake, you know what I'm saying? Who, who is probably as relevant as he, more relevant than he ever was to people who, you know what I'm saying, who are just adopting him because of this run that he's on with Drake, right? So you're talking about a cat who who has just changed income brackets, you know what I mean? Yesterday's price ain't today's price. So, you know, when you hit one of them levels, when your favorite rapper that you know starts to become that rapper that you can't afford no more. It's different. You know what I'm saying? You can see you can see his chest poked out differently. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so he's speaking from a point of this when when I'm outside, I don't see you outside. You know what I'm saying? When I'm in the club, I don't hear you in the club, man. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I don't I don't hear these promoters that I'm talking to talk about you, you know? So from that sense you know, relevance is always, you know, subjective to who you are, where you at. You know what I mean? So from his perspective as a young nigga out here getting it and winning, yeah, I don't see him out here. I understand he a legend. And he said, he gave it up. He's like, yo, the man is a dope-ass rapper. Mm-hmm. The was is a good rapper and he a legend. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to relevance, that's a, that's a real thing, you know? So, but there's levels to relevance, you know? And... As you get older, you start to understand that when you're young and out there, you don't see nobody else. You just see you and your group and all of the motherfuckers that's running behind you. So, but as you, as you, if you went and talked to, you know, somebody like Quincy Jones, you know, who stayed relevant for a long time, but he wasn't on fire that whole time. He just was a legend and would show up and was always made himself available to the next generation and the next crop of artists, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, like even to this to this day, like he he the one who brought out John Baptiste, who's the last Grammys, you know, soaked it up. So you could file an argument that he's still relevant because his his touch is still out there. You know, you could argue that the nigga who who owned Twenty One Savage label that Twenty One Savages signed to is relevant. You know what I mean? But he ain't going to be in the club. You ain't going to see him. So, you know, 
from a young nigga perspective, I understand wholeheartedly how he talking. But from somebody who's grown and has some type of little, you know, wisdom and hindsight, you're able to see how Nas crawled out from the shadows and made himself relevant at this stage in his career. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he went through a bad divorce and, you know what I'm saying, he had a little bad press on him for a while. He was low. He wasn't putting out much music production. But once he got with Hit Boy, they've been on a run. You know what I mean? And and he's as relevant, I would argue, you know what I'm saying, in his space as he always was. But that's me, you know. I love the album. And, you know what I'm saying, I was able to see, like, I was outside when the album dropped and niggas was playing it on the video set. And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, that's Nas. And then you could see certain elements of what he was doing in the album in real time affect the different people around. And and 21 was there. So I'm not sure if that was his first time hearing it. But, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> you know, the, the man obviously had his opinions about it which is, you know, to me always was fascinating that an uh, artist that's kind of low-key as him, you know what I'm saying, don't do much press, but he will jump on that clubhouse and talk. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like, you know what I'm saying, like a regular motherfucker mm-hmm. in the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's you can tell he's very comfortable on there. Right. It's kind of like his space to, to expand and share. And as somebody, you know, based on how he rapped, you know what I mean? Like his very like monotone, very like just uh it ain't real flowery. It's just mm-hmm. very succinct to the point. When he is on Clubhouse, he can get a bit expansive. Way mm-hmm. more than you would expect. So yeah. I mean, I at this point, I mean I'm used to it now, but like it was when I said the first time, it was definitely surprising to hear him open up as much as he did on that clubhouse app. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, I wasn't expecting to hear that type of shit. Yeah, he, he be on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but uh, I guess you can't even be on there without being on it. Every time I listen to clubhouse, it'd be a whole lot of... Yeah. <laughs> one saying? mic, one mic. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It sound like a jailhouse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely that energy. Definitely that. Let me speak, energy. Nah, but let me speak. I ain't talking over you, but let me speak. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. I haven't been on in a long time, but that's the last thing I heard when I was there. Uh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> I, I mess around and hit one of them buttons. You know how you have your phone in your hand, and then you hit the button, and it just shit just pop up? Uh-huh. And then you know, what where the fuck is that shit coming from? And then you have to find right. the app. and, and right. And, Two fingers piece out quietly, and I'm like, man, this shit here a trick. Yeah, yeah, it's quiet. It's a wild one. So you said you you talked to 21. You talked to French. Talked to French. Yeah, uh, okay. that was cool because it was like the day after his birthday. Um, you know the party where um, where Swiss gave him the racing camel. Oh, I didn't even know he gave him a racing a racing camel. You know, Swiss got them racing camels. I did not know he had racing. Swiss is a different type of rich. (laughs) Racing camels. This nigga Swiss definitely lived like he lived in Abu Dhabi somewhere. Racing camels. Wow. So Swiss Uh, gifted him a a racing camel. What you going to do with a racing camel? That's that's what I wanted to know, so I asked him. I was like, hey, French, 
Mm-hmm. It's your birthday, you know what I'm saying? Happy belated, you know, and all that. You know what I'm saying? Swiss gave you a, a camel. What's your plans? You going to race it? What'd you name it? He was like, yeah, my plan is to give it right back to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, I love animals and all, but shit, I'm a... I need to have put to put them right back where he need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that shit wild. Was, that shit was funny. Racing camel, that's crazy. Yes, yeah. that's a that's a hell of a gift to get somebody too. That's a, <laughs> you know what he need. <laughs> that's when you really live in in a in a either in a bubble. Either that's just a. Just for the laughs of it all or just to blow your mind or you are in such a bubble that you like, yo, you know what? Niggas ain't up on these racing camels and I need to make sure that there's more representation in the camel <laughs> racing community. So I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to get my brothers involved. I'm going to start with my man, with my man, uh, French Montana, get him a good racing camel. Because I'm curious is when you get somebody a racing camel, is it a situation where the camel stays native to wherever they race, but now it's racing in your name, you own it? Or is it a situation where somebody show up with a trailer with the camel in the back trailer <laughs> and he just lock them into whatever little gate or backyard situation you have on your property? And now you just got a fucking restless ass camel living in your backyard. I'm curious I, how that works. I mean, the camel was in Los Angeles, man. So, oh, he brought it out. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, he damn. Put, yeah, he gave it to him right there. <laughs> so, damn. I mean, I, I guess you would, you know, fly your camel to where it needed to be to race. I don't know. That's you know, a you lot. Got to talk to Swiss about that. If somebody gave you a race horse, you would have to house it, and and you would probably put it somewhere where it could be trained and fed and and taken care of in the manner that a race horse should be taken care of, and you just pay mm-hmm. the bill. Yeah, but, which is basically they just gave you a bill, basically. Well, you got to pay the bill. Somebody you got to pay for the food and yeah. the shit cleaning, and you know what right. I'm saying, and the training, and, and the babysitting. No, you know, like no. you know, it ain't free. French did the right thing. Thank you, but no thank you. I appreciate that. The gesture's lovely. Good looking out. Ah, Swiss, you the best. Let's take a photo with the camel. But here, hold this leash. This is going right back with you. Right. You know, you take a few pictures for the gram, put it in Mm -hmm. your next video. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Get them them on to the, uh, you know, the the shelter for racing camels and shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's some shit. You'll probably sell it for a pretty penny. Yeah, but even that, that's a whole, you got to know the market. You got to know how to how to describe the racing camel. Like, what are, what are the, you know, what are the qualifications that make it desirable to a, to the buyer's market? You know, wow. like, uh, go ahead. I'm just looking it up. And then um, it says uh, the average cost of a, a racing camel is about $5,000. Mm, cheaper 10, than I expected. in the U.S. Oh, that's a mature one. Seventeen thousand <laughs> for a pregnant female. Okay, all right. Because then you can get the little whatever the litter is going to be. I don't know if it's a litter or if it's just a one-off. I don't know how right. many babies Tan- a camel. Tanzania a camel will likely cost you seven hundred dollars. 
Look at that. <laughs> Look at that shit. If you, if you know where to go, you get it for the low. You, oh, you, man. UK specialized racing camels cost about 55000 U.S. Oh, wow. I wonder what the difference is. If it's just the location or there's a certain... Probably a, already a racing, probably been bred. Yeah. Bred with racing camels. You know what I mean? It's probably Pedigree. Like yeah, pedigree, you know. And then you know, you know the Europeans. They gonna put the euro tax on it, like you know, mm-hmm. this is the best bloodline of the bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was a, that was, a, mean, yeah, that was a quasi-European uh, yeah. across all European accent. I just did, you know, French, English, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things. Mm-hmm. I like you said French <laughs> English as a European <laughs> accent. You know how they be speaking English out there in the European. The European acts, I could dig it. I see where you're yeah, going I with mean, it. You, you, English is a European language. Oh, right. You true indeed. You got that. You got that. Damn, you right as fuck. Look at how colonialism works. I'm like, get out of here. The Wait, fuck take, we get that here. shit from England? The fuck out of here. The fuck out of here. Damn, they got me. They got me, boy. Shit. Shout out to the school system, the indoctrination, and the ignorance. Oh man! Oh man, that's crazy. So that's what's up. So you talk to them. Anybody else? Or yeah, I did. I talked to some other people, man. Non-disclosed NDA NDA list. Yeah, I'm on the NDA, man. Oh, uh, good conversations. Those be the best conversations. Them shits that you can't repeat. Well, I mean, it was it was it was a nice interview, man. It was it was um, you know, uh, man. I talked to Puff. Okay. Shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, there so you that go. was that was a good that was a good thing. I never I never actually talked to the man before. You know Let me man? ask so, you this. Mm-hmm. Hold on now. Let me ask you this because I know you've been EPing it out here in the world, mm-hmm. and I know you working with a lot of hosts and and uh, <clears throat> anchors and such. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say you talk to French Twenty One and Puff, mm-hmm. this is Ali Muhammad. Yeah, at, co- at, at my job, it's Ali Muhammad as EP of Revolt, Revolt Black News, Revolt Studios, Atlanta. So, is this a situation where a chair to chair situation, or is it yeah, behind? It's a chair to chair. Oh, chair yeah. oh, it's a chair to chair situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this about to hit the the airwaves. You won't see me, but <laughs> okay, okay. So it's like a presser. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, like a okay, yeah, like a okay, okay, yeah, okay, you won't, okay. You won't okay. See me, you oh, I was about to say, that's why I was saying chair to chair. Let me find out. Stick on this chair to chair. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, nah, all right, we'll soon come. Like was that. it, um, like was it some good interview? Did you, how was the Puff interview? I was good, man. See, the thing about it is, man, I fucks with Puff. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We talked about it many times on this pod uh-huh. before I worked here. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand the impact he's had on not just the culture, but just on on the business. You know what I'm saying? I understand right. when when he came in the game as a young 19, 20-year-old with, with Jodeci, doing Jodeci and Mary, that when that shit hit, every all of these media companies, entertainment companies, Record labels felt like they needed a young black man voice in the building to help them, you know what I'm saying, put them in positions of, of, of making money like how he did. So that opened up lots of jobs for niggas like me, you know what I'm saying? And and I felt like 
it created a class of entertainment executives and creatives that didn't necessarily exist like that before. Like before it was kind of like you got one dude over here, one dude over there, you know, you got some some mid-level guys across the board. But when you start putting young black guys in charge of shit, it created like this this system of of young black men making good money, you know what I'm saying, having good positions and being able to f- have a passport through the industry that didn't really exist before. Like when I first went on internship in 1992, that's when Mary was dropping that first single. And I worked at a label that, you know, you had some, the guy who ran it was like, you know, a jazz guy with a suit. You know what I'm saying? It it, it was like, and they kind of was the gatekeepers of the shit. And then everybody else was just under that. You know what I mean? And it was almost like a whole bunch of voiceless people. And then the guy with the thick mustache and the towel, you know? So you seen the impact after all of that happened. It totally changed. Like, you know, that's when you start seeing sweatsuits at the Four Seasons. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that when niggas started to take over the Four Seasons brunch. And you, you started being able to, if from it being like one table of entertainment executives holding it down at Mr. Child to down there the whole restaurant, you know? And you could you could see the impact, you could feel it, and you know what I'm saying? It was on like I was I felt like I was a part of that wave, you know? So I always give them, I give them the credit for that, you know what I mean? And I understand, you know, the vision it took to to make that shit pop at a young age and to keep that shit going to where you could they could name a whole era after your company. Like that's a hell of a shit, you know what I'm saying? So I got a lot of conversation for a nigga like that. Did you get to tell him all of that? You can't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't had that kind of time, but I got to, I got to put it, I got to put that one thing in there that, you know, it's like I said, I like, I like to say you created a entirely new class of black creators and executives. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then I went into my question. So, you know, I mean, even 30 years later right now, I'm a part of that still, you know what I'm saying? Where I get a check from from that nigga's vision. Right. So, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just, you know, I think it would be kind of cool. Obviously, you know how what kind of time you had, you know what the constraints were. Mm-hmm. But uh <clears throat> you know, it is documented. You speak, say it a lot on the show, but you know just the fact that you could track his career back to when he used to write for that industry magazine. Yeah, BRE. You know what I mean? Yeah, for BRE. Yeah. That I don't know how often people are, you know, obviously he speaks to a bunch of people and the, 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 you know, the scope is wide, but I'm curious how often people remember or even bring that up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's pre, that's before his first record. You know what I mean? Like just to, just to have that as a jumping off point might, um, Kind of make him look at this situation a little differently, right? You know, you know what and I mean. I, and I mean, you know, sometimes you want to say all the things, but you, right? But then you realize you don't have to say all the things. You know what I'm saying? There, there's is the energy is the energy, and mm, got it. for 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 you to have that, you know, the understanding of it in '92, and then it to be 2022, and 
and you're able to even impart some of it, lets you know that it'll come a time where all that information will be important. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's just like all the shit I used to say about Luke. You know what I'm saying? And then it came a time on the origins of hip hop where I was able to say that shit, not on, not just publicly in a space that they would see it, but in support of a whole documentary mm-hmm. that, that's you know dedicated to that. So it's a, it's always gonna be a right time, right space for everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I gotta like for me, it's a whole full circle because. When I was on that internship in 92, you know what I'm saying, I had a family friend that was kind of like, you know, she she was engaged to this guy who owned a record label, and he was asking me how the label was that I was at. I was like, well, you know, it's kind of you know, boring. I don't have a whole lot of hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? It was all about R&B and jazz and shit. So he was like, oh, man, you should go over there with Sean. And I'm like, who, you know what I'm saying, who is Sean? And then he called him. And then he was like, yo, got this kid, da 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 And he was like, oh, yeah, we at the Greek Fest in Philly. Um, you know, we won't be back for like a week. I'm like, well, damn. I was at the end of my, my internship, so I ain't had no housing situation. So I'm like, man, I ain't got no week to be hanging around New York trying to meet Sean. So <laughs> I went back. I went back home, and that's when we decided to start the TV show the local show in, in Tallahassee that, you know, that's where I started my first business. Like, yo, we going to, after leaving New York, I was like, yo, we got to start something because when I was in the building, I saw every nigga that was in a corner office or in a big office, they had already made something of their own. And then they would, came in the building. So I was like, you know, I need to make something of my own. So we went and made the show. And then, you know, you fast forward 30 years later, here I am working with Sean. You know what I'm saying? Making TV. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy how shit come around. You just have to know that you, everything ain't got to be spilled all out at once. You just got to run the course. That's real shit. You got that. That's real. Makes sense. It makes sense. You ain't got to. Yeah, I guess, I guess I don't want you out here looking like Chris Farley. <laughs> you ever seen them old, old Chris Farley SNL sketches? <laughs> where he's interviewing the people and he is gushing as a fan and he's, he's stumbling over his words and beating himself up because he can't he can't present it the way he wants to present it. Oh, that shit is classic. That is very that's a classic. I'll send you the link to one of those. Yeah, that, that, nah, it was yeah. smooth, man. It was smooth. You want me out there on some Nardwar shit. Right, right. Yeah, Nardwar get Nardwar's a little too random and specific. You're like, what is about that time when your mom's sprained her ankle coming from your seventh grade graduation? You're like, nigga, how you know that? What about the time you was in housing court? You, you know what I mean? Whoa, 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 no, whoa, turn the cameras off, nigga. What kind of shit? Who is supplying this information? Right. Now, you yeah. see this? What is, what is this? Nigga, this is the eviction notice. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) This is actually a letter from the landlord that says you still owe. (laughs) Yeah, man. I want to know who works for the Nardwar Empire. Who's who's in that? Who's in that mix? If it's just, I don't think it's just Nardwar alone. He got some people that make some real deal phone calls. His Rolodex is. I wonder. That's an interesting. 
interesting uh, verses as far as uh, information that might not need to be in the world. Nardwar versus Vlad. Who's taking that? I think that's a Nardwar. Yeah, Nardwar. See, Nardwar already had the information. <laughs> Vlad, a lot of times, get it out you. He'll dig it out you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He might have some tips and some clues, but mm-hmm. but uh, he lean on getting it from you. He he know how to use that awkward silence to his ability. He'd be like, so, <laughs> so what you say, when you say, you know, gunplay... What do, what, what do you mean by that? And he just let that shit go <laughs> mute for a long time till you get nervous and you just trying to you just trying to fill the air. And next thing you know, you are incriminating the fuck out of yourself. Well, you know, when we say gunplay, man, I ain't, you know, I ain't really I ain't really trying to get into that shit, you know, because uh <sighs> You know, I don't. You know, I don't really want to. Ah, shit, I don't really want to get into. I mean, it was this one time after a cookout with my man Bert. This nigga, you know, he had he had a thirty eight. He should have had it with him, but he had been drinking, and uh, you know, he fucked around and uh, shit. I can't believe I'm about to say this. You know, that's when a nigga really about to incriminate themselves. When they try, they hoping that somebody's going to rescue them from the from the admission. They be like, I can't even believe I'm about to go ahead and say this. I can't believe I'm saying this publicly. That's when the PR person, if you got one on your staff, is supposed to jump in front of whatever grenade is about to be <laughs> exploded and sacrifice themselves. But oftentimes, they just be a motherfucker by themselves. In front of a motherfucking, in front of a camera where Vlad ain't even there. Vlad is via satellite. Invasive as fuck, but not even in the room. Anyway. So he don't even be there. He be doing those Sometimes, remote. yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes he be remote. Like, he just uh, okay. be remote and shit like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, nigga. Old oh, Vlad. Old oh, Vlad. Anyway, man. That shit sounds cool, bro. That's that's that sounds real good. How long we out in LA for? I mean, it was quick. I mean, it seemed like it was quick because I was only there for that day. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you take that long ass trip, the one coming back kills a whole day down there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so flew out. First of all, the, the I was supposed to leave Wednesday night, and then. Uh, Oh, oh, we got, they got us on the plane, nigga. We sat down in the seats, you know what I'm saying? Got comfortable, you know. Uh, it passed out, you know what I'm saying? A little bottle of water. And it was like, yeah, we were unable to secure a second pilot. The pilot we thought we was going to have, he's illegal, which means he, he's been flying too long. He won't even make the whole trip without going overtime. So, yeah, y'all going to have to get off the plane. <laughs> yeah, and this was the last plane out, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they de- so they technically delayed the flight till seven a.m. So yeah, and they got to go back to the crib and start all over again in in a few hours because this is at this point is like twelve thirty one o'clock. We getting off the plane, mm. so now yeah. you, you got to come on back. But you know, good thing is you know gave a nigga some food credits and. 20,000 points on your, you know what I'm saying? On your sky miles. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I should have waited out a little long because other people got $100. I got $30. So, you know what I'm saying? 
So mm. in food credits or just hundred dollars in food credits. Oh man! So um, went back to the crib, came back, started over. So again, that killed that night. You know what I'm saying? Wednesday night is dead. So from eight to one in the morning, you fucking around with this. Then you gotta lay down, hop back up, and do it again. So then you take the long ass flight out there. You go do the work, finish. By the time you finish the work, it's you know one thirty two in the morning West Coast. So that's already five o'clock in your real time. And then you get on an eleven o'clock flight, fly back. By the time you get here, it's got down six seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So you know, like that. So it was shorter. It was felt longer than it actually was. Because of all of the, you know, travel shit. But I was just out there for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hit gold on that trip, though. I oh, hit gold. Yeah, that. nigga. That's I was, a good look. I was 500 miles from gold. Boom. Ooh. Knocked yeah. that out the frame. Now I'm feeling like I could get the platinum if I do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm after the gold and after that the platinum. I hear that shit. That's hard. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've had some status. <laughs> Man, <no stats. laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a nobody on the flight. Just an anonymous, uh, yeah. fucking oh uh, steerage ass nigga. That's my stat. I'm steerage status I'm over there in the in a kennel cage with a shih tzu. Nah, but uh, yeah, I would like to. I would like to give me a little. Say, you know what it is though. I I said this. I stopped chasing status. Look at me now, mm-hmm. above it all, right? Right. Uh, right. <laughs> you know me. I <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I see through the nonsense. Nah, but I, I do see one thing that kind of we talked about this shit. We talk about all of this shit, but like one thing that kind of got me out of that shit was trying to maintain the status on one airline you can kind of miss deals on other airlines. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it feel good to, you know, especially if you hit them nice little pieces of status, mm-hmm. they'll show you some love. It feel mm-hmm. good to get love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my thing, I would love to get some status. I, I'm not going to front. I'm not going to act like status ain't dope. But, uh... I'm not as dedicated as I used to be to where like just to to one uh one carrier. And the other thing is now that like if I get lounge access, I get lounge access due to my credit card. Mm-hmm. If I get a nice little lounge situation to mm-hmm. and fro, I don't even really care about all the other shit. I get a nice deal on a flight, nice mm-hmm. window. If I'm doing something even nicer than that, something nice. But if I'm good in a nice little lounge beforehand, maybe get a free drink or two to catch a nice little buzz, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm right. fine. That's it. That's it. I don't ask for much. I will uh, say this. I will say this. Go man. ahead. When I was like flying like to shoot, like with equipment and shit like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you chasing deals, making sure you get the best deal to get out there. But then when you get on them unfamiliar airlines, nigga, your your boarding your boarding fucking group is last. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. Then you get in the plane, ain't no room for the equipment. Now you gotta check the camera, and you know what I'm saying? It, it get tricky. And I broke my camera one time fucking with oh, that yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. a fifteen hundred dollar mistake. So yeah. 
So once I got to the point where I was like, you know what, let me focus on, and it, it was by mistake in the beginning, and I finally got to a little piece of, you know what I'm saying, main two, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. board and preference. I'm like, right. oh, okay, okay. Right. Or or you start buying the Comfort Plus. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I see how this works. But then, right. then you get the little, then when you get the little status, the first little silver, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, and they got a little upgrade for you. Get you, you with know that upgrade. That's how they <laughs> get you. You <laughs> need an upgrade on a nigga? Oh, hell no. Nah, uh-huh. See what shit. it could be. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see how this work. Right. You know? So you just work that shit until you, 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 your, your, um, your travel experience is what you want. You know what I'm saying? Because when you, when you Ali Muhammad, there's already a lot of microaggressions yeah. that come at you. Coming Are they through. even micro? Yeah, some macro, but okay. you know what I'm saying. Nowadays, they 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 trimmed them down. They they microaggressions. Okay. Now they ain't gotcha. as bad as they once were. Gotcha. So when you already got that on you, you need the the smoothest. You trying to you you trying to have the smoothest travel experiences possible. And I don't and I don't fly as much as I was when we was like doing them tours. Mm-hmm. When you got to fly, you know what I'm saying. Back to back to back, six, seven, eight weeks straight. Yeah, them them microaggressions turn into macroaggressions. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're gonna lose an extra hour of sleep every every time. You know what I'm saying? Then you know what I'm saying? Every time they gotta check and open your bag and you know what I mean? You gotta do that every um, gate agent or ticket agent that gotta call the FBI on your name. You know what I'm saying? They look at your shit and roll their eyes like, okay, here we go. You know all that shit matters. When you got to do that shit back to back to back. Shit. So you be like, man, I don't want no parts, man. I want the easiest. I need the easiest uh, transport as possible. I need to clear the, the, the global entry, the goddamn TSA. Nigga, nigga like, ah, oh, they going to have you in the system. Nigga, I'm already in the system. Nigga, every time I come through this bitch, I got to talk to the FBI. Nigga, I don't give a fuck if they got my fingerprint. You know what I'm saying? Because they already got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So yeah. I, that's what I be on. I was <laughs> yeah, nah, I can take it. I was about to say some shit, but it might be. I was about to have a Vlad moment. I don't know if I should say it just yet. I'd incriminate myself. <laughs> I was on Vlad, take it easy. Uh, <laughs> oh, you talking about that Vlad. I thought you were yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about no 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 no. Shout out to Vlad Camayo. No, I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the yeah, FBI Vlad. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, don't do it, don't do yeah, it. No, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I tell you that off air. But um I will say, as much as I'm not dedicated to a carrier i do have a list of carriers that i don't fuck with i got a list where i'm not flying those i you know you can filter it out i'd be like not this not that not this i just don't want no parts of that shit you know what i mean and uh it is what it is which one is that oh man it's a few i'm not fucking with i'm not fucking with united and the reason being, only reason is, is when I still remember that video of them dragging that Asian man off the flight. <laughs> After that shit. The way they dragged that man off that flight, I was like, I'll never put myself in that position. Ever. Not willfully. Hell nah. They, and they, ain't really, they really haven't really truly addressed it. In the media, like in the advertising, I guess they just try to, you know, I don't know, they settled with him or whatever. They might have said, you know, sorry quickly. 
but it ain't really been no propaganda to make it seem like it's all good. So right. it kind of feel like it could still happen. So I'm not fucking with them. Uh, I don't mess with Spirit or Southwest. I mean, I, I mean, I look if push comes to shove. But that's the thing about both of them. It feels like it's a lot of push comes to shove. It feel like it's a lot of in-flight fights on them carriers, and I'm not in the mood for none of that. <laughs> so, push come to shove, literally. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Push come to shove air. So those are probably the three that uh, uh, get filtered out immediately. Yeah. I mean, I've never flown Spirit, mm-hmm. but, but nothing about their gate ticketing process makes me want to fly Spirit. Yeah. Anytime I ever seen a, a ruckus, a fight, or, you know what I'm saying, a whole lot of fussing, ay, 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 ay. Is that the spirit gate or the spirit mm-hmm. ticket line? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The shits always look overcrowded like the line ain't moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always a whole lot of concerned faces, just yeah. the board. You know what I'm saying? Usually when people been, when it's time to board, people get relieved. Like, oh, shit, okay, time to get the fuck out of here. Spirit line be looking like, oh, shit, nigga, is we going, nigga, am I on the list, nigga? Right, you know right, like a club. Yeah, yeah. like the club, like, nigga, uh-huh, yeah. I hope they don't trip with my name again. Right, 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 don't front on me. Don't please, I've been here for two hours. Don't please don't front on me, because I'm going to swing on somebody. Yeah. But, yeah. but I will say this, though. I, 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 um, I tried the Frontier. I done rode the Frontier. Okay. And and reason being, I reason I tried because I never seen them have a problem. They don't have many flights, so mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when you do see a line out there, it's, it's pretty orderly. I don't see no confusion. Y'all don't see the right. look of confusion on people's faces. So I had hopped on a um on a, a one of them low cost tickets on Frontier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's no frills, you know what I'm saying? You gotta pay for all your bags and all that shit. But you know, I I'm probably only carrying one backpack. Mm-hmm. So and I had to say, you know, it was, it was, you know, it did the job. Nigga, it got me from point A to B. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without a hassle. I mean, it wasn't no frills. You ain't getting no snacks and no shit. Like, you had to buy your snacks and all that yeah. shit. But, but, yeah. but, you know, I had to get where I was going and it got me there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did, I, I, I hit it a few times. I made one mistake, though, on, on Frontier. Wow. Uh, um, You know, I was booking a flight from, you know, from Atlanta to New York. And I ain't really pay attention because, you know, New York, you hit NYC, they give you JFK, uh, Newark, or, or, or LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. So I hit it, boom, saw the price, hit that shit, boom, boom, boom. But I ain't realize that shit was going to Islip or some shit like that. Oh, uh, way Ithaca, out Long Island. Island. You know what I'm no, oh, no, Ithaca, oh, deep. Ithaca, Ithaca. Oh, okay, wow, way upstate. Ooh. So so I, I didn't pay no attention. And we were, they were like, we started landing. I'm like, where the fuck we at? What the fuck? <laughs> where the buildings? What the fuck? going on? You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> 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 like, you know, when you go to New York, it just say New York. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 I'm like, Lord, where the fuck I'm at? How I'm getting home? <laughs> what you had to do? You took a train or you took a cab? I'm sorry, you took a cab. I, I think I caught a cab to the Metro North or some shit. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. It was too much. It was too much. Yeah, yeah. It was too much. But, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It got me home, man. I was, yeah. you know, it was a $30 flight or some bullshit crazy like that. Okay, yeah, you had to pay the rest. In, <laughs> yeah, you had to pay the rest in, <laughs> exactly. in, in, in ground transportation. Exactly, exactly. 
I flew shit to France. I flew uh, a no frills piece. I flew this shit called French B. B E E. Yeah, and I was a little nervous about that shit. <laughs> now wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. What yeah. it was a cost a cost thing? It was a last minute thing, yeah, because oh. I did it pretty last minute. So like, cost wise, was like they gonna hit you over the head. You go to mm-hmm. Paris, they gonna hit you over the head. But it was this one, you know, like I'll work it out. Like I'd mm-hmm. go through a few little packages and shit like that, see what's what. Now I'm always looking, and I seen this one carrier just keep coming to the top, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, whoo, I never heard of that. It's unfamiliar, you know what I'm saying? I went and did some research on the spot, you know. Just to kind of get my mom right for what it was. And I said, man, fuck it. I was on some A to B shit. Like, let me get to B. I'm here at A. Let me get to B. If I catch me a um, if I catch me a window, mm-hmm. I'll be good. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those things where, you know, like one of those situations where you need to mind your luggage. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? In the way of... You know, I'm thinking they're going to be real strict, you know, because that's how these some of these carriers get you. They hit you with the real, you know, the low up front. But then you come through your bag too big. They're going to hit you for about one hundred and fifty dollars or something like Mm -hmm. that. So I was so diligent on my packing. They didn't even look at my bag. My bag was so good. And I'm looking at the other people's bags. Their shits were so disrespectful. Overall, it was fine. I got there, got back. The only thing that I didn't like. Uh, to your point was, yeah, they was charging for like for snacks and shit. Well, actually, they gave you food. The food came in the thing. They gave you food, but mm-hmm. if you wanted like just a like some juice besides a little cup of water, <laughs> you had to you had to come up out your pocket. Like they was hitting you with a with a full meal with a swallow of water. I'm like, yo, kind of what the fuck kind of shit is this? Y'all can't break the you know. So I had to come up out the pocket. That's what yeah. they call it. They gave you enough to wet your whistle, nigga. Basically. <laughs> hey, baby, you got to ration your bites. Some of these bites got to be dry as fuck, nigga. You can't just be, you can't wash everything down. Some of that shit got to wait. It got to be packaged. After but, that, you uh, got to order a drink, nigga. Yeah, no, nah, so that's what I wound up doing. You know, but overall, other than that, it was chill. It was one moment that was very funny. Um... Speaking of buying a drink, I must I must have bought a drink and that shit hit my bladder too soon because I'm <laughs> on a um I'm in I got a window seat right and uh, there's like a little couple. Good thing there was a couple. Both times I went, there was like a couple in the other seats with me. Mm-hmm. So um we quite a few hours into the flight and I got a I got piss. You know what I'm saying? It's like. And you know the you know one of them you know when you really you know the type of when you gotta you gotta you gotta pee but you you shouldn't it make you have to pee even more you know what I'm saying where you like you, where you like maybe I should try to hold this but I looked at I looked at the screen it was about three hours more and the couple next to me were knocked out uh. you know what I'm saying it was smacked and I even like gauged. You know what I'm saying? The, like, could I hop over both of them? You know what I'm saying? Could I clear both of them? It wouldn't have worked out. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I, I ain't, I ain't got the hop like that. It was a little too tight for that shit. And I, I waited a good like 15 minutes, and I'm like looking at the shit. I'm like, well, can I hold my shit for three more hours? And I'm like, the more I thought about the three hours, the more I had to go. So, dog, I had to, I had to tap my man. 
tell him to wake, you know, wake up and wake your wife up because I got to go out here and do the thing. And, you know, I felt bad, but, I mean, shit. It was, was the, you know what I mean? I don't know them. I don't know these people. I'm like, as soon as we land, we ain't never going to see each other again. It is what it is. Fuck that. But uh, outside of that, everything else was Man. smooth sailing. And the crazy that, shit. Oh, no, go ahead. The crazy shit was the... Um, the engine was like a Rolls Royce engine. I don't know what that means in plane no, shit. A lot of planes, a lot of yeah. Lot of so I'm like, that's why Rolls Royce get their bread off of yeah. off of plane engines. I'm like, all right, well, shit, they spend they spend some money on this. This ain't no fucking Altima engine. You know what I mean? <laughs> we flying out. We doing all right. You know what I mean? Shit. You know that's how that's how that's uh that's therapeutic for niggas to see like a brand name. We'd be like, all right, all right, cool. As long as it's something I could I could photograph. <laughs> to to front on niggas, but um yeah, so there that was. That's Man, shit, you 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 was worried about waking them up, nigga. I was on the way back uh-huh. from L.A. and uh-huh. you know what I'm saying out going out. I had to upgrade, nigga. I had the I had the first Clizzy upgrade mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the way back. I was regular degular. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Window seat, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, boom, come in. You got the one guy sitting on the on the aisle. Excuse me. Boom, sit down, buckle up. You know what I'm saying? Get ready mm-hmm. for my, you know what I'm saying, my flight. Mm-hmm. Ah, nigga. The worst possible outcome, man. You know what I'm snoring? saying? Snoring? I mean, the snoring. You know, the, the cat, man, the cat, man, was spilled all into half of my seat, man. Oh, yeah. He was you a big cat. Not just big. This nigga was big, man. Yeah. He was like six. He was like six one. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So like, you know, and big. So uh-huh. you know, you had to, you know, you had to like the, you know, you had like the hard side armrest where it's kind of uh-huh. like divided. But right. you know, after that divider was up, boy, everything else spilled on over. Mm. So I'm like trying to huddle in the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That shit, that shit only worked for about an hour, nigga. After that, boy, nigga, we got to fight. <laughs> <laughs> right, I gotta let you know. <laughs> you know, go back on your side, pal. I, I mean, I mean he couldn't know. That's, that's the problem. He couldn't. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, man, man. you gonna have to give up some of this arm rest, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nigga, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna uh, let you feel these knees, man. I'm gonna stab right, you with right, some of these right. knees for you. <laughs> Nigga fought for about three hours on oh, the way back. Oh, man. That's the worst. <laughs> in-flight <God>. tussle. Oh, <laughs> whole God. tussle. That nigga's in wrestling in this bitch. Oh, <laughs> shit. Man, that shit. Man, my back was all messed up. Yeah, that's the worst. That's one of the worst things that could happen when you get in that situation. Oh, my golly. You know what I'm uh, saying? I'm happy to get off that plane, man. I'm sweating. Uh, man. <laughs> my man well rested He coming <laughs> off reju- Rejuvenated This motherfucker Don't even understand What happened He knew uh, See the thing about it was he, was he was trying to be nice And self-deprecating about it You know what I'm saying Right You know you could appreciate For you know the first hour Like I said You know what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, Man I'm so sorry I mean I, I tried to get another flight They didn't have any other idea yeah. Alright man Just sit down man Let's get this thing over with Yeah so that's what it was, but he seemed comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he was. Yeah, I guess. but he, you know what I mean, it's just like so big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like not just like you know why like yeah. 
You know, that nigga was high. Like, you know what I'm saying? He had a whole, I guess he had a lot of cushions, so it was like he was sitting on some pillows. So he, oh. he was sitting up real high. You know oh, what I mean? okay. I thought so, you meant he was high, like he was high. Nah, nah. Oh, okay. So he was high up in the air. So like when the people came like with the with the snacks and they come get your trash and shit, they couldn't even see me over there. <laughs> he was out there getting neglected and, and disrespected. Party all my shit, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what you uh, want? Yeah, I want, you know what I'm saying? The almonds and, and the cookies. You gotta tell them no, the almonds and the cookies. Oh you know shit! Ginger ale, no ice. And they got oh, passed with all the shit like over the mountain. Yeah. And here we come. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, <laughs> then when they came down to get the shit, they passed me twice because they couldn't see me over there. Right, right, right. Oh hell, like yeah, Lee, man. You That's know what I'm saying? Funny. And you know, you don't. You want to be. You want to be. You you want to have the humility and and you know what I'm saying. Damn. Right. You know what I'm saying? I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when it's half of your seat, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe a a quarter into my seat. And that's a long flight. It's a long flight. So now you're yeah. not centered in the seat. Like half of your yeah. shit is on the hump side of the yeah. seat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So your I spine is, is not aligned. You were out, all the way out of alignment. And that's <laughs> going to take at least a day to get right back. Yeah, no, it's going to be. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm just saying yeah. that my experience was was was, <laughs> was, was thrown off. You know what I'm saying? Like a motherfucker. That sounds hilarious. Just that just that transition sounds so loaded. I'm not saying it to be mean, but my experience, that shit could go anywhere. I like that, though. That's real talk, though. But, I mean, it is what it is. That's how life, you know, shit. That's the card you was dealt. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I had first class on the way out, boy. And yeah, was, and that's the worst, too, because. On the way back. Yeah, so you know where you were, you know what I'm saying? Like you know what what could have been. Wow. Oh shit, dog, that's crazy. Yes, sir. So that was my thing. Yeah, man. That's what's up. Yeah, dude. Um, this past week, I had a show. It was New York Comedy Festival week. Mm-hmm. This past week, which, not to sound cynical, I was having this conversation with a couple people this week, because um, people outside of comedy be like, wow, New York Comedy Festival, okay, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like, it's marketing, you know what I'm saying? It's marketing. It's it's still comedy. It's comedy that's, comedy's going on right now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's packaging, you know, and it's sponsors and, you know, marketing and a little bit of light so it feels bigger than what it is and in some in some situations there is a bit of um platforming so i'm not gonna be super reductive mm-hmm. but there's also just you know just shows that are featured but you know uh i say all that to say if you kind of look at it in that context as somebody that's a working comedian, you can make it more than just work, mm-hmm. right? So I had a, a show at this theater, the Midnight Theater. Uh, it's a new theater that opened up in Hudson Yards, which um, which is such a weird neighborhood. I call it like an NFT of a neighborhood because it's like one of these new, brand new, put-together-ass neighborhoods. But, mm-hmm. like, it's a whole thing going on over there. But now they got a theater over there. 
And <clears throat> I just know it's an ongoing thing, but I just know I got to get out my own way. You know what I mean? Like, I can't overthink none of this shit. And the thing was, for me, was I hadn't been on stage since I went out to France. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't but a week. You know what I'm saying? But to me, it was, it almost, I almost kind of felt remorseful. Like I was neglecting what I do for a living. You know what I'm saying? Because early on when you first get into comedy, well, when, when people first get into, when I got into comedy, and I'll just speak for myself, I'm trying to stop doing you and all of that shit. But like when I first got into comedy, comedy, like I've said this before, but like, and I, it applies to so many different things that when you start doing anything, some of the information that you get up front can quickly become gospel. Mm-hmm. And you might not even challenge it because you just look at it as the the law of the land. You know what I mean? And um, comedy, in particular, stand-up, is one of those things where there's no real rules to any of this shit. There's etiquette. There's that. There's practices that may work or may be tried and true or whatever, but there's no hard and fast rules. There's a lot of beliefs that feel like gospel, though, right? So when I first started, it's, you know, and I started in New York too, and then like uh, the thing about the profile of a New York comic is getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up, like just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like to the point, some people are three to five times a night. You know, five, six, seven nights a week. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's just like you just rabbit. It's compulsory, right? And you feel like it's almost like it's almost as embedded as hustle culture used to mm-hmm. be. Like hustle culture is kind of losing a bit of its foothold. Like now there's people that are like, nah, you can live life. I think after you, after I've gained, you know, gotten established in this, you realize, yeah, you could, you could, you got to remind yourself you've been doing this for X amount of years, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I say all that shit to say, you know, like I was like, damn, I ain't been up in a while. This is a New York comedy festival show. It's a theater show, all of this other shit. But in that moment, I was still aware and present enough to know dog. This is anxiety. You just overthinking it. It's just do what you do. You know what I'm saying? You're doing 20 minutes set. You do 20 minutes on your head any other time that you do this shit. Yes, it's been a few days that you've been on stage. It's all right. You know what I mean? You got to live too. Like go out and live. Live life, you know? And uh, long story short, the show was fine. The show was cool. It was a good time. Like it was once I got back on stage, I was on stage. You know what I mean? It was like I ain't never left. But those few days leading up to it were like... I was just like, I'm I'm going, I'm watching old sets back. I'm looking at set lists. I'm looking at this shit like I ain't done it in 40 years. It's been nine days max, probably, since I've been on stage. But I was just like <sighs> cramming and all of this other shit. And it was like, it was so ridiculous. And um, I don't know, man. It's just, I think sometimes uh I go through this type of shit and it's almost like a reminder that don't take all this shit serious. You know what I mean? One. Two, you can only control what you could control. You know what I mean? But also, 
trust where you at. Trust your ability, like, and and have fun. Like, right. this is, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, this ain't the fucking bar exam. This is not, you know, like, the, the stakes are really not that high. Like, have a good time. Have your own personal uh, standard and, you know, do what you came to do. Have fun and be funny. But, like, that's the root of funny is the fun. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Don't lose sight of that shit. And I, for a hot second, and I had to really, like, really get, like, I had to really check myself to be, like, chill. And then, I, you know, I had people I was talking to, like, and I was being transparent about it. Because sometimes if I'm, like, stressing out about some shit, I might not want to reveal it because for whatever reason, one, I just, it might not even sound like, you know, you can undermine whatever you're stressing out about. Cause when you, and if you look back just to, you know, you take a little, a pullback view, you realize it ain't really that much of a thing, but it don't have to be a thing for you to, for it to feel like it's a thing. So, you know, it is still manifesting your behavior. So you might as well speak to it and let people in, you know what I'm saying? So they could understand what's going on. So, um, long story short, that's where I was. I um, had a show, had a good time, but it was one of those moments where I was just like, "Yeah, B, don't, don't, don't stress yourself out, man. Live, live this shit, enjoy this shit. Like, remind yourself, like, you know, dude, stop bugging. You know what I mean? It was one of those moments where I had a had a stop bugging moment because after I was done with the whole shit, like I could just feel the relief. I could feel the relief, like. Look at that shit. That you know what I mean, and not to reduce it because whatever the feeling was was the feeling what was what the feeling was. But in that moment, I'm like, at least in that moment, I was conscious enough to realize I'm just I'm bugging, I'm bugging, right. you right. know. So yeah, so that was cool. So I did that. Um, what else? I also seen. Um, I saw Black Panther two last night. You see that right. shit yet? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about it? I'm sure. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, let me, full disclosure, I'm going to say this. I fell asleep about three times in the ah. movie, so, like, there's, there's some, <laughs> some blind spots. There's some blind spots for me, so there might be some moments you that you... don't even know how long he was asleep. <laughs> oh, no. I, I really don't. I sure as hell really don't. And I was a little bad. You don't want to be like, you know what I mean? Because you can't even hit people for the plot points. <laughs> well, in the midst of the spot, you just gotta take the L. You gotta take the L and just and just see where it is. But um, I watched it. Uh, like I said, I fell asleep about three times. That's not. It's not really about the movie. You know what I mean? That's more about my fatigue levels. But um, I, look, I'm not Marvel movie Mike. You know what I mean? Like I don't get that excited about Marvel movies. First of all, I be leaking a lot of them shits is way too long in the first place. This shit was two hours and 41 minutes. That's a long-ass fucking movie. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. I wasn't blown away. Um, but you tell me how you felt because you saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the movie, but from what got I half, saw... You got halfway yeah. out there in traffic like, well, I think no, I'm going to get back on I'm the just, curb. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I, look, I'm in the traffic. And I, I don't give a fuck. I'll be one of the motherfuckers that, because you know, you know, culturally, it ain't, it's, we're still within the window of where there's got to be that solidarity as blacks. So you got to say, yo, right, Black right, Panther, right, 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 right. two, what a, what a fucking masterpiece. Wakanda forever. Eh. 
Wakanda forever. And that's it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I got two two trains of thought on this. Okay. I, I think creatively and and what they were working with, with, with the expectations, with, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, with the storyline, with the unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman, um, and how to how to answer that. I think the movie was beautifully made. You know what I'm saying? I think they addressed a lot of things that that uh they had to uh, problem solve creatively. And I thought mm-hmm. Ryan Kugler was was able to do that seamlessly and create something that was worthwhile and very uh, you know what I'm saying, beautifully made. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you know what I'm saying? Um, some of the shit I didn't understand. I had to go and do a little more Marvel, uh, uh, Marvel movie mic on them, mm-hmm. and and do a little more research and shit. Cause it seemed like, well, goddamn, where everybody at? You know what I'm saying? Like, especially like, <laughs> it was like no men in the movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, thinking mm-hmm. what happened? But right. you know what I'm saying? That was my first, you know, inclination. But then when you go back and look at the research, I forgot, you know, all this shit is linked. And when, you know, when Thanos did the snap, he killed half of the, you know what I'm saying, half of the people. Mm. And, and, you know, remember all the Wakandans was out there. Remember, like, when they was out there on the battlefield and they started fading out the dust? That's Infinity War? In, in Infinity Wars, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. Yeah, so Thanos had killed a lot of motherfuckers in, in Infinity mm-hmm. Wars. Gotcha. So, so, you know what I'm saying, this is a continuation. Then you, like... Um, and Buka, who from the you know the the mountain tribes and shit, you like, well, damn, why this nigga get so damn nice and philosophical and shit? What the fuck, you know what I'm saying? He was a brute, but right. he was there when Thanos snapped that ass. You know what I'm saying? He was like survivor's uh, remorse ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you know it was tough to watch him get you know what I'm saying punched out by by you know finding Nemo and shit. So that was crazy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got rocked. That I, I'll be finding Nemo. I'm gonna say this about finding Nemo. First off, I I've been a not a fan, but I've been aware of Namor, who I thought that's how you pronounced it, but it's Namor. But um, I've you know Angela Bassett said Namor, and I felt validated because I've been reading the comics since I was a kid. It was Namor, the Submariner. Mm-hmm. Uh. That kid didn't look like a superhero. And them little, those little wings on his feet look. Fishy wings. Yeah, them shits look real low budget. Like, this shit looked like something from a prop closet. It didn't look like what Marvel could do. That shit looked a little nervous. And I felt like they snuck a Namor movie into Black Planet. I mean, Black Planet. Black Panther. And obviously, that's what the Marvel shit does. Yeah, they they yeah. use one to get the other one on or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like it kind of... And I guess due to the circumstances of Chadwick passing and, you know, Michael B. Jordan barely being able to be in the movie and whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. there was like, well, let's figure out what we could do. But it just felt like it kind of took away from what was going on and, like... Like, who is this guy getting all the screen time? And why should we really care that much about it? And right. and he ain't look but so powerful, but he was powerful. And right. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was a badass as a kid when he went when they went back to bury his mama. 
Yeah, no, he was, he was, you know, he was tough. He was holding himself down. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he stepped on the shore. You know, feeling himself down like nigga. Shit, yeah. we burying my mama now. Right, they ain't gonna listen. Y'all ain't gonna <laughs> they, get in the way of this. They, they shit. had the, the Mexican slavery and shit. That shit uh-huh. was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So but, I mean, people ahead. don't. I mean, people don't really um, think about that part of of slavery. Oh, Mexican slavery. Like you know, with the Mayans and all that shit. Right. Uh-huh. It's like when I um I watched that Guns, Germs, and Steel. Mm-hmm. And and how they took how the Spanish motherfuckers had like seven niggas with them, right? With the smallpox blankets and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, that crazy. And yeah. took the whole shit over with seven motherfuckers with smallpox wow. and some guns. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Took yeah. their whole shit. That yeah. shit is the most fucked up shit I had ever heard. As you know, what I'm saying you know you know the African slavery and they, you know saying they on the boats mm-hmm. and all that shit, but seven niggas and three guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Nigga, that's, that's bad. bad. That's yeah. like God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit. That that, that I always felt some yeah. kind of way about that story. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. the way the the Spaniards did that, they call it their colonialism. That's why a lot of these Spanish colonies, you know what I'm saying, they don't, they not gonna um, accept nothing but being Spanish, right? So, right. because it, they came, they took the whole shit, they killed the whole Mayan whole fucking shit. That's why they can't understand the, the Mayan calendar now because they killed everybody, burnt all the books. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, if you're caught speaking that shit, you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you're caught calling yourself something other than Spanish, you're dead. You know what I'm saying? They weren't they weren't playing that shit. That shit was like some rough ass colonialism and these seven motherfuckers. So I always looked at that shit kind of wild anyway. So to see it on the screen like that was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it kinda, you know, it's almost like they took the Americanized version of movie slavery and just put Mexicans in it. <laughs> yeah, because they had them like in the field, right? Yeah, in the field with, <laughs> right, with, the, right. with the same clothes and the same chains. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the slavery template, right. like an Instagram filter. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's well, that crazy. Was, that was a funny little detail. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all right. Uh, seeing Angela Bassett go out like that, I guess we spoiling a little. Sorry, y'all. Nah, man, I mean, we, we, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like kind of like what we do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't crazy, but uh, yo, Angela Bassett's back. We always talk about her arms, but yo, her back is bananas. That shit looked like <laughs> like an ice tray. That shit was crack, crack, crack. Like that shit, like she just do pull ups in the park. Like that shit, yeah, yo. Angela Bassett. And the crosswalk and shit. Hell yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like just do do a quick set of 15 with no with no lacking. Yeah, that shit was crazy. I wish my back looking like Angela Bassett's back. Her shit was crack crack. Oh shit. But yeah, I seen her her whole situation. That that was uh that was sad. That was a little unfortunate. Um yeah. yeah, there were key moments. I can't all the way get into the moments when I fell asleep because I know Lupita did some. She got into it, and I woke up after. I guess she like saved, um, oh, you know, right. the scientist and yeah, the uh, was, and the anticlimactic. She came oh, in. Okay. And she was in and out without too much destruction. Yeah, it felt like it felt okay. Yeah, but I did see that homie was mad. 
Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Namor was mad about something. I guess she had killed somebody. I guess it wasn't. No, Namor, Namor was, because he said, he told Angela Bassett that, Call you know the scientist. Call if you don't, you gonna, you gonna fuck with me, or, mm-hmm. or we gonna come back, I'm gonna bring my whole army, and we gonna fuck Wakanda up first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If any of your people come from my come from my people, come to my space, we gonna fuck y'all up. I so, thought, yeah. No, nah, so so that. she was able to. While he was having that conversation, she was already over there saving the damn people, saving the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. she held her breath that long, but you know, it's all good. Mm. <laughs> I like the one line I do remember Namor hitting her with was he said. I got more people than you got blades of grass over here. <laughs> right. Like, oh shit, that's deep. That was that's a that was a that was a hard one. I was like, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. But when up. you but he only came through about seven people himself. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. like yeah, you saying that? But what <laughs> right. we seeing? We see one little castle. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. Under I the didn't sea. see the expansiveness, expansiveness of the empire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, nigga, where's your empire at, man? Yeah. Maybe his bluff game is just that good. Yeah, you know how to talk a lot them of good seven shit. motherfuckers came through strong, whooping ass. Yeah, they were smacking shit up. They yeah, were smacking I mean, motherfuckers up. I mean, yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, overall, it was it was what it was for me. Yeah, uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm gonna actually go see it again so I could really dig into it. Yeah, I'm gonna catch it on streaming. So I got a little pause button. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna try it in the theater again. I, I doubt that's gonna happen. But I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I want to see what I didn't see, so I will rewatch it. But uh, it was what it was. Uh, speaking of other black entertainment, did you watch the finale of Atlanta? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that real quick. We ain't got to go crazy, but let's talk about that. Uh, what did you think? I I enjoyed the shit. I enjoyed the shit. Yeah, I mean, of course, I, I had to catch up, so I, I watched the last three episodes. Last, uh, last, the so, last so, episode. So Al, Al out in the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The finale. And what was the one before Al in the country? Maybe it was only was, two. Was that the Disney one? Oh yeah, I, had, I saw that. I had seen that one already. So it probably was the last two that I needed. Yeah, to see. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I liked Al in the Country a lot, man. I thought that shit was dope. That was. Uh, you ain't like it? No, no, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, I like, I like when he does his his solo episodes. I like he got his little Leo DiCaprio revenant on when he had to fight the the hog. I mean, he that always stuck in the woods. Stuck. He always stuck some motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. When he yeah. does, when his solo shits, he be stuck mm-hmm. either in the woods or you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on the public mm-hmm. access show. The nigga just be stuck. Yeah, which has got to be some type of metaphor for him as a creative, right? right you know what right. I mean. But uh, this finale, I enjoy. I think it's very hard for a series finale. To stick the landing, especially of of a series that is celebrated, people right. like it and they fuck with it, and they're you know week to week they're like singing its praises. It was just like, how are they going to do it? Especially something that's as weird as Atlanta, because the beauty and maybe even the curse of it all is there is no there's no boundaries to what they can do. 
You know what I mean? They go all over the place. They go weird. They could go straightforward. They could go none of the characters are in the show at all. All of that. Everything's on the table with it, so we figuring out what's going to happen. I liked how they did this. It felt like they kind of gave Darius a good amount of backstory that I don't think we ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, with his family and um, shout out to my man Kevin Iso. Man, it was good to see him get a cameo in the finale. He played Darius's brother. Okay, and uh, Kevin Iso has a show I've talked about a bunch of times, but um, a show called Flatbush Misdemeanors that had two seasons on Showtime. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out. Uh so you know, you see Darius going to do what was the joint? His um. The uh, uh, sensory deprivation, sensory Thank deprivation you. situation, which is very Darius. You know, you see him going, picking up some medication. Uh, little Cree Summer cameo, which is kind of cool. Uh, what, you know, what was she? She was the woman at the at the pharmacy that he was talking to. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Cree Summer. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he chopping it up with her, and they kind of put the whole thing about, you know, how I tricked myself into knowing mm-hmm. that <laughs> I'm under is thick Judge Judy, which is mad, <laughs> which is just funny as a concept, right? Right. Uh, so then you see him on his way. He run into uh, his homegirl, one of his homegirls from back in the day, London, played by Nate Jones, Nate Jones, who's been popping up. She's on Abbott Elementary a couple times. That was a dope little moment when in uh, when in the whip and she's wild turked up. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You could tell he kind of want to be on his path, but he ain't really want to be like, I right. he like, I right, well, fuck it. Let me, you know, I'll indulge. I'll get high with you a little bit. I'll, you know, I'll ride with you. Oh shit. Oh damn. You got a whole thing of vodka in the, in the little Poland spring bottle. <laughs> Here come the cops. She like, if this was vodka, could I do this? And just down that shit. Then he pull her out the car, hit her with a little bit of interrogation. It was funny. How many seasons did Homeboys in Outer Space go? I thought that was a funny little line. Mm-hmm. Um, Is she that a real my- show? Yeah, back in the day. That's um, That came out around the same time as like Malcolm and Eddie. Oh, okay. Back when like the WB and all of that shit was going on. I'm going to try to find out who was on there while I'm talking. But... um. You know, just the events of his day, him in that sensory deprivation tank, you don't know what's what's real or not, so it set the tone for what's real or not. Then on the other side of things, you got Ern Van and um, Paperboy going to, what was it called, DeMarcus's, the sushi spot, mm-hmm. and the black, little black sushi spot in the Blockbuster, Blockbuster store, right next to a Popeye's that was like taunting them, like, nigga, come get this chicken. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can smell that shit. You already know oh, what they man. was talking about. Yeah, yeah. You already know Popeyes has that effect. Uh, but long story short, I mean, and not to go through the whole shit, I say what I liked, and I think I literally clapped while I was sitting on the couch. Uh, when they going through, when my man DeMarcus is kind of going in on them for trying to dip out on a black establishment that's doing things by the book, but getting the stigma since they black, getting the scrutiny rather 
of black business when they doing shit above board and in the traditional sense. But since they black, it looked funny in the light. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, he going through all of that. And he making some real points. He's landing some real points and just talking about, you know, addressing how we as black people could be suspicious of each other. And maybe that's, you know, why we don't go as far as we could. But as he's in the midst of that and he's, you know, really... You know, hammering his point home. The jump cuts in Atlanta, especially this season, have been so ill. But it's the jump cut to Darius just snuffing him. Bow! And then <laughs> pulling off in the pink Maserati. And the whole cast in the pink Maserati peeling out. I was like, okay, that's how y'all gonna take this out of here? That's how y'all gonna end this shit? I was with it. I clapped. I was like, okay, I like how it was just... This dramatic flourish at the end and kind of just snap you out of whatever bit of days that you might have been in. Mm. Like, boom, here's a little flare and we gone. You know what I'm saying? And we out just like that. You know what I mean? Peace and I'm out. That type of shit. I like that. What yeah. you think? Man, you know, Atlanta was probably one of the most creative black series on TV that I've seen, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? As far as like being having a license to to explore creative concepts and to do a show that's nonlinear and you know what I'm saying they could go here, go there in any given episode. That's kinda new for black T V. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if white people had that, but I know that's new for you know what I mean? It might be new to T V, period, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just speaking from my perspective. Um so and to do it in a <clears throat> in a manner that you would think would go one way, it had all the elements of being able to go like a hood type of classic type show, but then it just flipped and and took a rapper and, and his cousin that's managing him. That shit could have been easily a B movie trope. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A rapper, his cousin drops out of college to manage him, and his homeboy who smoked weed and his baby mama. That shit could have went. You know what I'm saying? Straight Tyler Perry. But it went in a whole other direction, and I, I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I think the ending, you know, leaves you to think, you know, to wonder if it was all, the whole shit was Darius's sensory deprivation tank. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, you start to think back. I remember, like, in one of the first seasons where Darius was looking around like, yo, this is deja vu. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's when it was like, damn, this nigga be tripping. You know what I'm saying? No, oh, no, mm-hmm. for real, this is deja vu. And then with it being all these jumpy different types of episodes, it could have very well been a whole dream. But they 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 respected the audience enough to to figure that out on your own and then right. just say, yeah, this whole shit was a dream. So mm-hmm. you could end it how you wanted to. You know what I mean? You could you could you could choose to believe that it was a whole thing you could choose to believe it was a dream they don't answer it it just is what it is and they put it out there left for interpretation yeah i agree i agree yeah it was dope yeah homeboys in outer space was a show that came out in 1996 flex alexander was the um the lead on the show it did one mm-hmm. season uh it was on upn not wb but it was in that moment when it was wb and upn it was a whole bunch of black shows that were like you know, just there was an abundant 
amount of black shows. Some were better than others or whatever, whatever. But, yeah, it was definitely one of those. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched it, but I definitely remember it was out. It was out around the same time, like I said, like Malcolm and Eddie. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, man. So, shout out to Atlanta. Yeah, they Donald did Glover. You know what I'm saying? Zazie Beats. You know what I'm saying? Lakeith Stanfield. What's your boy name? What's Alfred's name? Brian, either Brian Henry Tyree or Brian Ten- Tyree Henry. Brian, I think it's Brian Henry Tyree. Let's Shout out to B Tyree. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know how niggas. That's how they be. You did all of this work. That's how niggas sum up your whole shit. You know what I mean? I mean, shout uh, out to that whole team, man. And, um, you know, uh, De- uh, Donald Glover's partner who do a lot of the directing and shit. Oh, Hero Mirai. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Stephen Glover, his brother. And uh, I forget. I mean, you know, the whole squad. Yeah, it's Brian, Ten- Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Now nah, it was dope. It was dope. It was one of them. It was one for the books for sure. It's one of those shows that is just as good on the rewatch because it's just so different that it's not like there's so much so layered in these episodes that there's probably stuff that you'll still catch three watches later. So, like, when I talk to people that haven't seen Atlanta at all, they like, should I watch it? I'd be down to watch an episode or two with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to, you know, just to kick it off with them and it don't feel like nothing. And it's just like, it's so many, what is it, four seasons, 40 episodes? Listen, it's an A. They all at least good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't really think there was, if any, duds in the bunch. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, they, they did their thing. It was very, it was it's damn near unprecedented, the, the lane that they carved out for themselves. And <clears throat> it's sad that it's over. It's the end of an era. But hopefully we have some more uh, high-level television that fucks with, with the blacks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On that, or connects with the blacks on that level. Speaking of that, real fast, did you see um you see any of that Chappelle SNL? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. Did you? Cause I more than anything, you saw the little House of the Dragon sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all the, the player haters. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All of the Chappelle characters. Yeah. I like what I like. We had uh, Tyrone Biggles with the crack pipe, like Dracardis. Dracardis. To light the crack pipe. That shit was stupid. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The yeah, nigga yeah. monologue though. Stupid. Ew. It was ill. Yeah, that, that nigga. He stepped right to it. Uh-huh. And then dance through the, all the landmines like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> like ha ha. You know, yeah. like a nigga dancing in a, a, a field of, of mines. Mm-hmm. And, just, and did that shit like he was did ballet and got the yeah. fuck off. He threaded the needle crazy on that. And it's funny now because they still call him the anti-Semitic, which, I mean, it is what it is. I don't what, his, you know. his monologue? His monologue. That's the narrative yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. But it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a cancelable offense, man. He did that shit mas- yeah. masterfully. I think, yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it, to your point, I think it was masterful. I think it was, like you said, he kind of flirted with the, on the edge, you know what I'm saying? He said what he needed to say, had some... Slick lines, real profound moments or whatever. Um, I thought it was dope. And then there's this story now. Supposedly, he uh, 
supposedly he had done like a fake monologue in a dress rehearsal mm-hmm. just because I guess maybe he ain't want to get no notes on the actual monologue that he did. And uh, I'm curious to hear that monologue because it was like that shit had a little bit of some yeah. controversy in it too. But you know, like he bodied that shit. You think? Like it was, it was what? Yeah, he, he did a fake monologue. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I've heard comics do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just that, you know, at um, at dress, they might do something different. I, I think I've heard Chappelle has done that before. Like, you know, say one thing, but then flip it and do something else. You know, yeah. which seems crazy to do. You know what I'm saying? Just by how ill that monologue that he did was. Well, he's a beast. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So... You know, only, it's just, only reason I question it, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Unless the niggas just did motherfucking, um, they was just running their motherfucking um, closed captions in real time. But them closed captions, not only were they up to date with what he was saying, but it was like, you know how like your sentence may say it's one thing, Mm-hmm. But then the closed captions will say the whole thing, and then he would kind of skip some words, which led me to believe that you know, what I'm saying they Transcript. had already they already had um, inputted his mm-hmm. his his monologue. But you know, hey, mm. that's just that was just me, my thinking. I don't know. It could have just been live captions that you know mm-hmm. that you know. What I mean, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the only reason I, I'll say that. But I have no. Yeah, I don't know if it's no true story. or not. That's just yeah. a story that's been leaked to the press or whatever most recently. But yeah, that shit was good. I didn't see all of the um sketches. I saw like the barbershop sketch. I saw the House of Dragons sketch. Yeah. I didn't see the Heaven sketch. I seen it, but I haven't watched it yet. Right. Um. But I just yeah, I just really was more about I that fucking monologue was crazy. He he bodied that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, the sketches was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't been on Saturday Night Live since Eddie Murphy. So, right, 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 right. right. Nah, I get it. I get it. That's <laughs> that's many blacks. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> anything else? Ah right, man, that's, that's all I got. All right, best. So it's time to transform and roll out. Uh, until next week, tell a friend to tell a friend, and even an enemy, to get in a conversation. We out.